This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You are your greatest asset. It's time you started investing in that. Visit BetterHelp.com allies and take care of you. Welcome to the Easy Allies Podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Brad Ellis. Hi. What's up? Michael Damiani. How's it going? My review spitting embargo hidden <laughs> co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. Make 5.01 a.m. embargoes. Oh, yeah. On, it's on the week up. on a Monday. 5.01 on a Monday. Yep. The Not 01 is the killer because yeah. then it's like I actually have to push the button because the schedule right. things don't do the 01s, so... Not as bad as jury duty. Too bad. <laughs> Made it all happen in the control room. Isla Hank. Hi. Thank you. Distinguished guests, we are here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in video games this week. But before we do that, we must answer for all the mistakes we made last week. Isla, begin corrections music, please. Boop. This is a big one, man. We didn't touch on the fact that, like, Craven the Hunter is clearly in that Spider-Man trailer. We didn't talk about him at all, and I thought about it while People we were watching it. I have no clue who that character is. Craven is amazing no in the idea. old in the old classic animated series. He's got a big, like, tiger-looking oh, collar. Oh, I remember that. And guy. he's just a big badass hunter. So obviously, like, I'm a big fan of his, and he just like, you know, it's very predator, and he just like kind of naturally encounters. He's a smart person. It's nice to like. I like when Batman and Spider-Man fight people who aren't like total psychopaths. And he's talking about challenging these two people, which is so great for Craven to come in. And he's not someone we remember from games a lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought of that. We watched the trailer and then just forgot about it when we were doing reactions, forgot about it when we did the podcast. And like 20 people brought it up and I'm upset that I didn't mention it. <laughs> and also Ben it, of course. Uh, Controls published by 505 Epic Games is actually publishing Alan Wake Remastered. So we talked about if the sales of Control would have an impact on the remaster. Possibly not. The game I was talking about where you can manually put the claws out and bring them back in when you want to is X-Men 2 Wolverine's Revenge. Thank you for ah, the said that. Cool. <laughs> Dark Souls 2 does have a map, although not in the yeah. traditional sense. I think Hubert tried to say that, and, and then I heard him try to say that and thought about saying it. It's just in the <clears throat> bottom of a house. You obtained There's a house a key for the mansion near the yeah. pit yeah, in Majula yeah, yeah, yeah. from oh, Kale, the cartographer, on. first appearing in the Forest of Fallen Giants. On the floor inside the mansion, there will be a map of the world. Eight flames will appear on the map after defeating certain bosses. Yeah. This will award the player with the Curious Map achievement. It's not even a great map. I know. God of War Ragnarok Gran Turismo 7 were confirmed to be delayed to 2002 in a PlayStation blog interview with Herman Hulse back in June. 2002, huh? Uh, 2022, sorry. I'm not good, I'm not good with dates in this podcast. I'm not good with dates. You're lucky you're all the way over there on the other side of that desk. Uh, and they were also both confirmed to be cross-gen at that point. On the PlayStation blog, Insomniac stated, we're suddenly standing in front of Sony Interactive Entertainment and Marvel, formally pitching a PlayStation 5 game starring the adamantium clawed mutant. Since you just saw the announced te- teaser, we can confirm that the pitch seemed to go pretty well, confirming that it was Insomniac. Nice. That brought them to them and got the go-ahead. And corrections music, please. Boop. Before we jump into some NPDs, some legal jargon. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You're an expert, though. You're an expert. Of the, of the allies, you're here. 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play starring role. Have you played starring role yet? No. Starring oh, roles. Nice. So this is very important. We have some. You know, we're we're close to Hollywood. Right. Uh, we we have a Hollywood mind about us here at EC Allies, and some high profile casts have had shakeups. We need to replace those actors. Oh, okay. With video game characters. We got two films we need to say that are in dire straits. The first one breaks my heart. Javier Bardem left the production of No Country for Old Men. He's out. He's gone. Oh. He's no longer in this film. An iconic Brutal. performance. Who will replace him for the intimidating role oh, no. of Anton Chigurh? Will it be Vaz Montenegro, Pyramid Please Head, no. oh my God, or Tom No? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Tom looks yes, pretty good. Please. Tom Nook playing uh, Anton Chigurh would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, a quarter? What does he flip? What's yeah, the thing? Yeah. There's like a dime yeah. or a yeah. roller? Was it the scene with Woody Harrelson or whatever? Like, just on the chair? Yeah. <laughs> like, just having Tom Nook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Keep in mind. I mean, I, you were the one who came up with the segment. Can multiple people play different roles? You know, I see, like, Geralt of Rivia come There's up a lot. Thing. Pyramid I, Head came we'll up with three of these. We'll have to see if... If somebody starts getting a lot, like we might right. have to say, like, yeah, they they can't schedule that many in a year. But but like Pyramid Head was probably bummed when he got the call, like you're not in it. But then that opens him up, yeah. for potentially other things. Mm-hmm. T. L. Coleman submits uh, the unfortunate news that Martin Sheen has disappeared, not just walked off, disappeared from the set of Apocalypse Now. Oh He's gone. God. This is the protagonist wow. of this amazing <laughs> historic film. He cannot perform his role of Captain and Benjamin Willard. These video game characters have come in on short notice to replace him. Big Boss, specifically from Peace Walker. Mm. Okay. Peace Walker. Okay. James Sunderland oh, from baby. Silent Hill 2. Oh, baby. A lot of Silent Hill love today. Or Senwa from Hellblade. <laughs> oh, man. Apocalypse uh, Now. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Uh, it, it follows us weirdly. I never thought about this, but there's a weirdly similar arc uh, between Apocalypse Now, Heart of Darkness, and Silent Hill 2. Uh, so James would be funny. Uh, plus, it'd be fun. I'm picturing. Who would be funniest to see in their tidy whities like drunk in a hotel room, like flailing around? <laughs> that's like that's the crying. scene I'm thinking of. Cutting themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> cutting up themselves up on a mirror. All uh, of them would be great. Yeah. yeah, Big Boss would be funny too. Yeah, I love Big Boss. What do we think? Yeah, I gotta go with James. Oh, okay. James. All right. I'm, I was thinking Senua, but yeah, I can, yeah, I can go with James. I'm, I'm in a disadvantage because I haven't actually seen any of these movies this time, even though they're legendary movies. Uh, Yo, uh, you would, you would <laughs> like Apocalypse this is Now. The end. Apocalypse Now is very good. Apocalypse no Control of Men. It's very good. They're both good. We can confirm. Mm-hmm. Nobody doesn't like these movies, right? Heart of Darkness. Thank you for those very much. And I just have to say, I said it last podcast, the submissions for these are, are just, just great. That's yeah. part of my job. They're really, really, really good. Thank you for those. Let's talk about the August NPDs. Yay! We haven't talked about the NPDs in a while. Yeah. Uh, there's been lots of crazy things that have happened in video games this summer. Lots of announcements, lots of uh, scandals and whatnot. And lots, lots of fun of things delays. to talk about business-wise, yeah. And one of the reasons I've been a little little, little timid about the NPDs is last year just broke every single record in the book. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I wasn't really sure Switch selling a lot, PlayStation 5 selling a lot was really like compelling content to bring to the Easy Podcast. But there are some interesting things in here. Uh, August is one of those months that happens seasonally where the same things kind of bubble to the surface. Anybody know what the top one game was? Is it Madden? In August? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's one of those things. Like whatever, whatever the Mad Month, Mad yeah. month or, the, or the Call yep, of Duty August. month is. Mm-hmm. When you look at that top ten of the year, just leave a blank space for both Call of Duty and Madden. Um, but shout out, obviously, to Matt Piscatella, Executive Director, Video Game Industry Advisor at the NPD Group. Um, so because of that growth, I didn't, you know, numbers in general, I was kind of timid to bring to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise then. 
that hardware content accessories spending grew 7%. We're still up over this, this like amazing year we had last year. $4.4 billion, an August record. Year-to-date consumer spending totaled $37.9 bill, 13% up from the same period in mm. 2020, from mm, mm. the beginning of the year to now. Um, so everything is still up. Hardware, hardware sales make sense because we're deeper into next-gen. Um, Switch sold the most units. PlayStation made the most money. After 10 months on the market, PlayStation 5 remains the fastest-selling PlayStation platform in history. It's crazy to get that note, and then later on, they're like, we have to keep in mind that, like, you know, the, the chips are, you know, shortage. Right. Yeah. chip shortage and everything that we got. It's like, why do you even note that? Because it's the fastest-selling PlayStation platform in history. It's so the demand, man. Is that ever going to change, Damiani? Is that, do you think that train is just going to keep on chugging for a long, long time? Like PlayStation 5 just selling well? Yeah. Yeah. I, OLED, I, Switch, Plus, like is anything going to dethrone it? Well, I mean, you're saying the fastest selling PlayStation. Yeah, that's Switch yeah. has been just the in top terms of this, selling for 33 months or something crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Just in terms of it's uh, the most units, and PlayStation in general always makes the most money. But just, Oh, I see. Yeah, because yeah, it costs. The dollar like, sales, yeah. Because yeah. it costs more. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the PS5 has a good chance. You know, mm-hmm. of of topping up. I mean, PS. It's coming off like PlayStation Four having like a gargantuan effort. Uh, you know, breaking that hundred million mark. I, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's going. So, yeah. It's up there. It's charting high. I know it's been like slowing down, but I mean, PS Five just picked up the momentum, and that's. I think that's a big deal for Sony because I think the last time they had kind of like that momentum carry was like PS One to PS Two. Because PS Three was mm-hmm. kind of like a misstep for them. PS Four. Back on the, track, a back on track, right. dude. Very well, and like they they've capitalized on that, I think, very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have to imagine like if they can ever get the production to like, hey, we have un- like we can make as many PS fives as we want. We're gonna like sell even more of these, and they're still selling out. Like they're they have the chance, you know, really shoot up there in those right. numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think they're in a, a really good position right now. Yeah. Well, I I think it helps too that unlike the last generation, even though PS four was did so well. You know they have backwards compatibility yeah. for PS4 this time around, so mm-hmm. there's that not helps. really like a big downside to upgrading other than the cost. So right, um, and I think the yeah the PS3 to PS or PS2 to PS3 jump that was when we saw like the huge price jump when we went to, to HD yeah. um, and five hundred ninety nine US dollars. Yeah, the five hundred ninety nine dollars and Xbox had already been out for a year, so if you were like, well, I'll just buy an Xbox and play Call of Duty with my friends and I don't see any, you know, big mm-hmm. exclusives when that PS3 launched. Resistance was like the biggest thing. Yeah. So Yeah, it's 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 got a lot of good things going for that PS5. And we just are fresh off of a PlayStation event after last week, Brad, or mm-hmm. how do you feel about you know, I always think about Sony really trying to hit. They're like that batter that tries to hit a home run every single time they get to the, the mm-hmm. you know, base. Um, do you get that vibe from them in terms of like, like what they expect to do the next couple years? From like a first party standpoint, um, I mean that's one example of it. Just just Sony's strength in general. Yeah, I think they're doing. I think they're doing just fine right now. I'm not worried about them pumping out content that people enjoy. Just the fact, Jones, that there's Spider-Man and Marvel coming out in this world that we live in right now, where Marvel dominates everything. Right, they're gonna be just fine. And it was like, I was surprised we were so jazzed about these Marvel things, like just getting Midnight Suns. You know, it's just like, we. What at what point does a new exciting Marvel game come out? And we're like, all right, like in the moment, mm-hmm. we're like, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, it's the thing, though, because, you know, I, I always get a little, like, frustrated when people are like, oh, just Mario again, Mario again. And it's like, well, the, but you're talking about, like, 15 different series of Mario doing entirely different things. 
And so that's why, to me, it's like, well, you, Avengers is very different than Spider-Man. Yeah. And Midnight Suns is going to be very different than either of those things. And Guardians of the Galaxy looks different than yeah. any of those. So it's, yeah, it remains to be seen what Wolverine will be. Yeah. Um, and how that will be different. I imagine it will probably have more... Uh, akin to Spider-Man than any of the others, but yeah, I mean these games are like two years away too, so yeah. I think people will be more refreshed by the time they come out. You know, what I think, I think Batman's taking a step away from the Arkham franchise. The Suicide Squad's stepping in. Batman's taking a step away from Gotham Knights. All his you know compatriots mm. are stepping in. Batman's taking a little vacation. Yeah, he's gonna okay. come back. Maybe. Okay, this, this gen or next, some new, Batman no, some new devs, some new thing, some new, new take, dev, uh, a new Batman, take a whole new crazy cool. thing. But it's the same kind of thing. It's like again, it's like same with Wolverine. It's like I want to see this character in this gen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're gonna make a lot of money. Worth noting though, Madden NFL uh, was number four. I'm um, oh, sorry, best selling game of August, number four best selling game of 2021. Uh, oh, it wow. knocked Super Mario 3D World from the number four spot wow. on that uh, sales to date. Worth noting, the digital sales are not included in that. Uh, Mario Kart 8 is number seven year to date, not counting digital sales. So, like, obviously, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just, just crushing, like, all of these other things. I just want to stop selling so they'll make Mario Kart 8. Just stop. It. Man, yeah. Or 9, you mean? You mean yes, nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah, That's yeah. what I mean. They're, I feel like they're holding on to that for like that next system. Yeah. <laughs> like, it they, so if like... it was called Mario Kart Ultimate or Mario Kart Endgame, you could at least kind of feel <laughs> a sense of closure. But yeah. it's like the eight is just right there. It's just yeah. It's it's just well, so the sh- eight is actually an Lemniscate, uh, Jones. Yeah, it's true. It's never yeah. Infinity yeah. symbol. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Right. How many times have we been talking about eight and that's never come? Yeah, that's what it is. It's their big reveal when they just like Doug but Bowser I just turns. Wait, yeah, logo. I see the trailer right now. It just slowly, just Mario Kart Infinite. Mario well, Kart Infinite. But what's funny is that you know they since the Switch game launched, they haven't introduced any kind of new like tracks or anything. They don't need well, to. <laughs> I mean, they had. Well, I mean, they, they had could to sell s- to all of those people that bought it. Yeah, well, they true. had the they had the the, well, the passes or whatever. They had, and then they had the the free link update they did with mm-hmm. the master cycle, but. You that was sp- all included with the but Switch. You, version, you, yeah. you, you can see, though, that they're, support- they're really supporting the mobile game, Mario Kart Tour. Uh, what's it? I forget what it even is called at yeah. this point. I, think I, I, just I, just don't even, I don't even pay attention to it other than I see the cool costumes they're getting, like the new, like the, the, they're doing so all much, the post-content so release cool shit for that. that and I haven't really paid attention to the financials in that May that's doing just as well as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but it's like, there's a, like, Nintendo's so weird sometimes about their post-release support. Right. Where the, some games will get a good amount. Others, even though they sell, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I'm pretty sure, as of right now, is their best-selling non-pack-in, like originally released non-pack-in game. Yeah. It's better, it's, it has passed Mario Kart Wii, which is like insanity. So it's like, <clears throat> content, char- just charge me. You don't have to give it for free. Yeah. Charge, where's, where's updates? It's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Animal Crossing definitely got a lot less than I thought it was going to. I thought they were, especially after sales, where month yeah, after month I, after month, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a." I still expect there be to be more, but I feel like content. it's gotten real quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's the same thing with Mario Kart Eight. It's like making. It's like now's the time to make Mario Kart Nine. Now's the time to release Animal Crossing DLC. Like, or it's not. They're just like, eh. <laughs> and we take that money and do something else with it. Make Metroid Dread, and then the, all these things will. But keep. that's the thing. Is this, yeah, that's what's stopping. That's, <laughs> that's a team in Spain. Yeah. Right. Metroid Dread. Like, yeah, okay. Also, <laughs> what didn't we hear a few years ago that uh, I, don't, I don't remember the 
the time, the numbers, but m- that Nintendo had like enough m- cash on hand to just like float for like twenty years or something. Like, oh yeah, they just like to well, bank money because people asked them who are you going to buy, and they were like, we don't do. You know, they bought Hello Luigi's Mansion next uh, devs, yeah, uh, and they were like, oh, who's next? Because everybody, you know, everybody's like, yeah, not only is Tencent gobbling everybody up, but you know, like yeah, Epic's got really, making weird yeah, deals, yeah. and Nintendo's like, that's that was a very you know inter- interesting case, a very unique thing. Um, we were kind of between a you know rock and a hard place, but. Um, some interesting jumps with games. Some interesting games that were not on the, the marker. Uh, this game was 110 in July. This is a huge game. Someone at this desk reviewed this video game. Uh, it jumped to number two. Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the director's cut. That's um, a massive game. That's why. Right. It's like one of their biggest, I think it's like their fastest selling new IP ever or something at the time when it came out. Such game. a big update in a lot of ways, a different game, and yet mm-hmm. still is Ghost of Tsushima, so still kind of gets lumped into yeah. like just that game sales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see right. kind of where Death Stranding ends up in sales total with like Director's Cut just kind of being added on top right, of it. Right, yeah. Um, but it was, I heard a lot of anger about Director's Cut, but I guess people weren't that mad. They still went out and a lot of people <laughs> bought this game. It was game. expensive <laughs> for PS5, like 30 bucks, and it was. It was 20 on PS4, and people are still mad about that, which I can understand, because, like... Yeah. It's like, why? Uh, Last of Us 2 jumped to number 10 uh, on the PlayStation best-selling chart, but that was after a price promotion. It was number 23 okay. in July. Okay. Got it. So it's interesting to kind of see Sony, like, moving those needles and just knowing when to when to do those things. Um, yeah, because it's been a year mm-hmm. now for that. There was a PS5 patch, I think, for it, too, so maybe that got more people in. Dying to know. I need another big court case so we can get more like documents. Dying to know how much they thought it was going to make. You know, it's like one of those things. Like how <laughs> you know, you, you you when you like you push those buttons and you know those things are going to happen. Uh, a PC game, brand new PC game, was number four, uh, number one among tracked PC titles in August. The fifth best-selling PC game of 2021. I, I think brand I new IP. I think I saw this. Though. Huge PC release and a game it's, I did uh, not expect to. Humankind, right? Brad, you're killing it. Oh, wow. Brad, yeah. I've been missing you on this podcast. <laughs> I've, well, at my lunch break, well, you're just well, thinking about it. Because like, yeah. so <laughs> I'm nice. I'm apart from Easy Alley so much now, I have to like keep up a lot more. I can't look at, can't talk with all my coworkers as much now, man. <laughs> uh, Isla, Humankind on your radar at all? I've played it, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. Uh, it's fun. It, I mean, it's Civ, but slightly different. Can't go wrong. Great. The thing that the thing that I found surprising was not only did I get super Civ vibes on this, and I was like, I must not obviously not understand what they're doing. Like they must have a complete different angle that I'm not absorbing from their marketing. Their marketing was very Civ like. Like the logo right. kind of looks like Civ, yeah. and the music yeah. they use is kind of Civ, and well, the they art's kind of Civ. You know, they know their audience. But the the Clearly. main the, yeah. the the easy version of the differences is that you're crafting your own civilization by combining little pieces of other civilizations. There's oh. like a million different possible combinations or something like that that's cool yeah so you could start off as like egyptian in the in the middle ages and then move into like germans in the you know etc etc did what did you think of their marketing was it was this a game you were like i'm gonna play this regardless of how much money they spend on weird live action commercials yeah i think i only saw the first couple of little things um in whatever event they announced it in but immediately i was just like oh yeah i'm in for that you know I, games like this, I always play for like four hours and then stop, unless <laughs> Sophia gets into it, and then we play it together. But yeah, so I was in. Yeah, I was just curious if the genre like there was room, you know, because yeah. like the, you know tactically is not something I you know play a lot of games, but I see a lot of stuff coming out. So the 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 thing that people uh, strategy, one one thing that a lot of people want in stuff like this is the diplomacy to be 
mm-hmm. stronger because I think that Civ has had some issues with that in the past. I'm not an expert, but yeah. And I was starting to get into it in this, and it seemed like it could have been interesting. Although I did become an ally with someone like almost immediately, so I was like, "Why do you trust me so implicitly?" But whatever, <laughs> like I'm getting a good deal on or out of this, so. And obviously, kind of somewhat in a similar genre, but Crusader Kings 3, those patch notes have been such a gift. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the genre's doing really well. It's nice. It's nice to see not only people, you know, you know things getting reviewed well, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, sales doing well. Sales are doing so well. Things are so good over, the, over there at Nintendo, Damiani. A lot of people are saying it's time for a price cut. Oh, really? Yeah. It's time, time for the Switch <laughs> not to cost... Uh, as much as it costs. Right now, the Switch dropped in the UK uh, and in Europe, because uh, those are separate entities, uh, considerably. Nice little price drop there. And everyone's like, oh, is this going to happen in the US? And Nintendo says vehemently, it is not. There are no plans whatsoever Nintendo to drop will, that they'll price. they'll say that until five minutes before they announce it, but sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, denial of Nintendo, they, they've definitely said no, but I have There's just no formula to how lies. they've done this with consoles, so I really don't know. Like, I could see them... A cursory glance at social media saw some takes saying that, and maybe this is true, but you know I'm not versed enough in financial, you know financial and economics of of Europe and the UK, that it was just a a, a currency exchange adjustment uh, that so, it, it yeah, was yeah. literally just bringing into what its value should be over there with the like the changing rates or something over a certain amount of time, and that it will not be changing in the rest of the world because it was just like a correction in one part of the world. So well, that counters what Bloodworth just said. Bloodworth says that I, I can hope until the what the last minute, just, right? They still can do they, they, right. Right, they right. don't get to say like, so "Hey, it's chance. time to cut the price," though. But it was not yeah, never both can be true. Never believe Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Well, but they don't have to now because the OLED will just replace the old one, and then they'll say, "Well, it's a new model. We can charge the same or more." You know. It's going to be weird because OLED's coming in at 350 Oh, yeah, right. And OG Switch is $299, so like $300. And yeah. you got Switch Lite, which is $200. And you, you and have these. never had a price cut, right? Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. Switch is still coming doing all this. Up on with five years without no a price, price cut. cut. This might yeah. be the. I, I'm pretty sure this is the longest. Light sales are actually a little bit down. The Switch is just. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. OG Switch yeah. is going. And. I wonder if they do cut it by you know fifty dollars, bring it to like two fifty. That, that that's something they do to keep the momentum going. But it, yeah, it, 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 they would have to be seeing like a slowing of sales. But I, I can't imagine they do it before a worldwide one before the OLED version's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean, they, I would think they'd want to see how it performs the OLED version, mm-hmm. and maybe if they see some warning signs, like all right, maybe let's cut like the let's do the price cut there because like we're not selling like the OLED's not selling as fast. But it sounds like it's sold out already. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and also the chip shortage. There yeah. were people yeah. saying like if you didn't get in that first wave, like it's going to be hard to get the the OLED model for probably a year. So, I I I, I mean. With demand being so high, I don't know why Nintendo has to cut the price. Right. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing. Like when they're basically selling the amount that they can send to stores, right. what's I'm I'm what's just the reading point? tons of articles yeah. where people are like, it's the perfect time. What are you mm. talking about? And it's like, I don't know, man. Mario Kart Eight's number seven. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is still just, sixty bucks. It is. It's All their games just, are still sixty bucks. Well, it's yeah. just a. It's just a, a system that the world has absolutely fallen in love with, and they just. Mm-hmm. Pierre Schneider posted a picture of his desk today. He was like, "Hey, look, I got this uh, new fit. You know, like new Joy Cons." And there was like 
I'm not even kidding, like 60 Joy-Cons charging like behind me. I was like, what in the world? You had like a sea of Joy-Cons. Like, <laughs> yeah, with the, 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 the fact that like Disney and all these people tried figure, you know, Activision, they all tried the whole figure thing and Nintendo was like, no, we're the only ones who are remotely gonna still be doing this. You know, toys to life, anything, so. Those Joy-Cons, man. Remotely, well. Jones? No. Joy-Con remote? Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I just think from a consumer perspective, People want the price cut though, because and historic, to other consoles, because like historically only took five months, everything blah, blah, blah. has gone like a price cut by this 3DS point. Had to have one. Right. Yes, yeah. they were. <laughs> yeah, they were spending money on warehouses for those things. They so, had to get them out. I, I do, I do empathize and see that angle that there might be some frustration for people who are like I really want to get a second one, or but I'm yeah. not paying three hundred dollars for another one. Like, it, why isn't it drop price? Just like people complain about why Nintendo first party titles don't ever drop in price. You know, as soon as like some other properties but this is pretty much nintendo's mo they always mm-hmm. do this yeah. and they're yeah as we just said to reiterate they're just like really no incentive for them other than like if it was your call would you do it would you would you cut it i mean just like, i would i mean seeing like if, if things were still selling out it'd be like no yeah uh, yeah exactly and still, we'll continue to sell out the shortages aren't you know people are saying it's not gonna you know uh, uh middle out until 2023 potentially so we're still gonna be suffering all that stuff I could almost see them, like, because they started doing the Disney Vault thing with, like, uh, Mario All-Stars and stuff. What if instead of doing a price cut, they do a bundle where that's the only way to get that stuff Oh, now. True. For, like, like, a month. Yeah, so it's like, buy a Switch and get the Mario All-Stars for free, you know? But it's like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I do feel like bundles are meant to... They're, I feel like they're targeted in a way to either they need to move... A, they need to move more of consoles. Like console sales are like slowing down. Like what can what can you know revitalize this? Oh, we have a really hot title right now. Put this on it. Now Super Mario All Stars 3D All Stars was a very good selling title. It's just like they could just bundle like Pokemon or something else yeah. with it, and it would do way better. Um, on the flip side, it's like yeah, a game they want to like guarantee it's going to sell very well and be like lucrative. It's like hey, it's going to be part of this bundle, and here's a limited edition version of it. So like we're going to guarantee it's going to sell out because all the enthusiasts want to get it. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, if I'm Nintendo, I'm just like, no, keep everything high. Like, mm-hmm. no, no price cuts oh, yeah. because everything's selling well. And I, I would, would imagine, like, same thing over at Sony. It's like, you're not going to no price cuts for a long time. Right. 5000 a day, 10000 a day. People will pay it. The uh, OLED expectations and also the fact that this, you know, the Switch will kind of be, you know, the, the one in the middle now that, like, potentially most sales could go to the OLED after launch and then, like, that sales of the the Switch we all know and love and have played for four years, those drop. Do you expect that to happen? Does it matter at the end of the day? Like which does which performs better? Um, it'll be interesting because with the handheld versions, with the iterative models, I still feel like the OG ones were the overall best selling. Like mm-hmm. Maybe new 3DS surpassed. I, I don't know. Like I, that would be my only guess is like new 3ds. Like no, I don't D- think the new 3ds would have done that well. I would DS say Lite, s- something maybe? like the DS Lite or, okay. or the GBA SP would. Be the I don't think the GBA SP would have. God, I love this. Like so, like the Game Boy Advance Micro. I don't think like no, those the are Micro definitely not. Like but the DS Lite and the SP. DS Lite I think probably. Were just yeah. Very dude. The SP very at the back big, like, had yeah. to get it. Yeah, you had to get I feel like the OG one, like people just bought all that and were done. 
and like I bought both. Yeah, I didn't get. I wasn't super into it. I didn't get an SP because I just didn't care enough about the backlight. But backlight. Yeah, how did, did you play that thing? Huh? Because I just played in like well. I was used to it. I had played so. like, Game Boy and Game oh, Boy yeah. Color. Wait, no, like, you were just clearly knocking the light level in the places that I was playing. I think that's what you're just doing right there. Okay, you were just sure. saying that you, yeah, you know, maintained well, a well, correct light yeah, level well, in room, your space or something. I don't know, right? Like obviously, like it was a struggle as a kid, like playing with those games sometimes, but. You know, once you got to like, once I got a DS, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Things look much better now. I mean, at PSP and Game Gear, like my brother had a Game Gear, and I was like, oh, wow, oh. that looks very nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it like runs for ten seconds yeah, or yeah. it dies. Yeah. So I was like, congrats with that <laughs> on a trip. But yeah, I feel like the I feel like the light is probably the best chance of any yeah. of those mm-hmm. upgrades. Dude, the DS light from yeah. the, the normal point, DS was so much better. Yeah. So the, much better. The point I'm trying to get to is I do think OLED could they could potentially phase out OG the OG switch, vanilla mm-hmm. switch, and just have light and OLED. But the problem is the shortage. It sounds like OLED's being right. hit harder by mm-hmm. it for whatever reason. So if that's the case, they're gonna need to keep the OG Switch model around for as long as they can to keep this maintain their sales. But in a diff under different circumstances, I could see because having three SKUs at one time seems a little bit much. Sure. I mean, I get what lights aim for. Light was meant to be like the second model, <laughs> the model for the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A cheaper version that was a little bit like less likely to break. Yeah. But OLED is like OLED doesn't feel that different from when the you're, Yeah, it's not, quite, it's not quite, pro, it's not like super enthusiast. It's like, it, I think everyone's just going to want that one. People think that's going to be the de facto one. Yeah. So, yeah. 50 bucks is nothing to sneeze at, but it's like if you're if you're buying the Switch, if you're finally like, that, I can't hang it anymore, I'm getting one. It's like, mm-hmm. then, yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go big? Um, I looked up if the XL sold more. Are you interested in that anymore? The XL? Yes. The 3DS, 3DS. XL? Uh, and the new 3DS. Oh, but XL, yeah, sure. <laughs> there's, a, did, there's a lot. Did of one, back to work. <laughs> did one sell? More? Uh, the XL sold more during its lifetime, but obviously not overall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was only thirty-three percent overall, but it was fifty-five percent comparatively just when they were both out. Hmm. Um, I'll look into the new three. Actually, who cares? Yeah, I don't think you need to. There's a, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of different yeah. 3DS. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, don't <laughs> worry about yeah, that. Yeah, too many so. versions. Yeah, cue corrections music. Yeah, let let the comments sort it out. <laughs> Hideo Kojima was being interviewed by Japanese lifestyle magazine Anon, and he said, "Quote, as translated, obviously by uh, publications in the U.S., I want to do games that change in real time. Even as we finally got people of various ages and occupations from all around the world playing the same game, everyone, and I mean everyone, is playing the same. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but sure." Instead of that, something that changes based on where a person lives or how they think. Oh. How, how, they, they, how they, think? they think. Okay, there you go. There's the Kojima there part. It is. Oh, <laughs> like how you that Kojima think? madness. Dude, I've been waiting for a game that re- actually literally psychologically profiles you like Shat Mems was meant to do and like, mm. you know, like torments you specifically. Like, let's go, Kojima. This is like the Psycho Manus boss fight mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Like, sure. Here we go. Like, Psycho Manus video games. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do feel like the the collaboration and Death Stranding kind of speaks to a lot of that, you know, like working together with other players to build bridges and stuff. Yeah, and that's, so, the, that's the heart of the Strand genre, Blood Rift. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, if they could do that in a way that feels a little bit more seamless to where you could understand what's what's going on, mm-hmm. But still, it's like, what? Do, what do you mean? 
This is like it's still too vague to like. Have I, a, I think in MGS Five, the multiplayer mode, I'm like, ooh, that didn't really work out too well. Yeah, I think the thing with like location though, the th- just like you see with like I guess Pokemon Go is the most analogous to this. AR is the, what people talk about. Where there's about. something yeah, in a specific location, people rush to that location. So it is a mean. Like exclusive types of like content or whatever the game's gonna be, if he, whenever if he ever makes it, will only be like if you're like in the New England area of the United States, like you guys get this, and then you, you have to be there. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta go travel there to like go get this like gun or this type of perk or whatever. Whereas us in the like West Coast, we get this. Like, does he mean like that, or is it like something more day to day? Like it's something meant to be played on the go. So, like, you go to your coffee shop or something, and, like, it starts changing based on that. But when you're at home, it changes that. Or you leave it in your car. Like, I'm assuming maybe it's a mobile game. And you, you drive with it. Like, it knows it's driving, so it changes based on that. So, like, something with, like, a GPS in it, it could more easily do that. This this definitely screams as something that's, like, more mobile. Because how mm-hmm. would, like, on a console, like, that seems too restrictive. And, I mean, but who knows? Kojima might be a mad genius who, like, has thought of something that none of us have thought of. And it's like, no, you, you don't understand yet. You're gonna, your mind's going to be blown when you see this. Just just wait. The the first thing that came to my mind was weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just it just does the weather where you Oh, that's to... a great call. Or, um, like, the Niantic game that was before Pokemon Go, Ingress or whatever, where, like, mm. I, I never played it. But if I understand it correctly, like, different people in different parts of the world had to, like, fight for their faction to get that, you know, mm-hmm. their team to win or whatever. He could do something like that. But. Or it could be like another Kojima game. Boktai. The sun is in your hand. He referenced that specifically, oh. Blood. Whoa. You need sunlight. Blood pulled it right from my notes. When did that game come out? For GBA. 2002? Yeah. 2003? 2003. Okay. Daniel Blood. Wow. Yeah. Um, Tell me about this game. I didn't know there were vampires in this game, man. Oh, yeah. This it's game all looked, about vampires. This game looked totally cheerful and just happy. Boktai. You know, like, yeah, it's just <laughs> kind of fun. I was like, there's, you're farming. That's what the game's about because yeah. you have the sun for your crops. No, man, you're killing vampires in this yeah. game. Sick. I've never even heard of this. What is this? Yeah, that? so yeah. It's, a, the, it's a Game Boy Advance game. The cartridge itself has a solar sensor on it. <laughs> Sick. And, and I'm so sure you it have, totally still so works. you have to either play it outside or, like, you know, put the cartridge up to the window with the sunlight coming in, to to charge your weapons. And so you'd fire solar energy Damn, at the vampires. Cool. And then when you'd f- defeat, like, a boss, and you'd get, like, the vampire into the uh, the coffin, you'd have to drag the coffin out into the sunlight. Uh, wow. And and then That's crazy. the vampire. Dude, yeah. Kojima. I know. He was talking about, like, like your breath. Like having like a breathalyzer for a game that like oh determines like yeah. what you've eaten. Switch tried that, right? Or, or yeah. Wii tried that? I mean, Nintendo has, you know, announced, not only patented, but like announced like 10 to 20 different technologies over the years <laughs> that just never, yeah, never happened. So yeah, I, I imagine a lot of kind of what he's dreaming would require some weird peripheral that people probably just wouldn't buy into. Or I wonder if VR or ARs. Right. Well, but, or if there's anything PSP to do with the next game he's working on at all. some kind of GPS thing back before it was common on phones and... There's some games that took advantage of that. There's some uh, AR games on PSP and Vita as well, the Invisibles. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Because you don't want to go too extreme on it, right? You don't want people, like, driving across the country to, to see different things. But maybe maybe a time of day thing could, could make some sense. 
Um, or like, you know, we're talking about where you are. I love the idea of like people in their, you know, in their respective countries playing FIFA and then seeing how their team that represents their country, you know, performs right. and obviously in tournaments and whatnot, which mm -hmm. I like don't follow at all. But it'd be funny if Fortnite had like a nation event, you know, where it was just like we would compete, like all the different countries would pick like the 10 best players or something. And then like right. they would all, you know, like compete in some event that we don't have to like televise. It's something that's just ongoing, constantly built into the yeah. game. Splatoon oh, kind of had weird things like that, where they would just have events, and it's just like, we all care about this thing, you know, suddenly for a week, and then mm -hmm. right. move on to something else. Yeah, there would be maps and stuff that was only during those events. Uh, Rogue Squadron 2 had the time of day thing going on with the Tatooine map. Mm. Do you remember that? Whoa. You didn't no. know that? No. Yeah, so it was just based on the internal clock, so you, like okay. Animal Crossing, you could fake it, but... Yeah, the the time of day would just match whatever time of day it, it is in the real world. Yo, Bloodworth, you're driving across the country thing gave me an idea. So what if it's AR, right? And what if it's <laughs> phones or whatever? And you use your camera on your phone to do something. Obviously, this, this would get abused immediately probably. But, like, you use your camera on your phone or whatever. But you can, like, mind jack into somebody else, like siren <laughs> style. And then you see what they're showing you on their phone, Whoa. and you're like solving a mystery. So you don't have to drive across the country. You strand into somebody else, and they show you what they're seeing. That'd be fun. Um, another thing I would, I think, could be cool is uh, potentially um, like planetary alignments and stuff like that. Something oh. that fits into astronomy. Whoa. You know, and so it's like you know, it's like okay, Jupiter and Saturn are over there. You've right. got to get them, you know, lined up at the right. Point, it would know. be very Kojima yeah. to have like something programmed into his game that wouldn't happen for like 500 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like <laughs> he does that, and then you get the wedding invitation Peter from Wall. your cousin, and you're like, no. And you have to tell your cousin who's getting married, like, I, I can't be there for your wedding because the planets are aligning, and Hideo Kojima <laughs> built this mechanic. I'm sorry. That was a, uh, it wasn't, they didn't play into the real world or anything, but that was a plot point in Eternal Darkness was the alignment. Oh, yeah. The Kojima oh. behind a new Eternal Dark. No. <laughs> this franchise <laughs> is waiting for another alignment to come back. What was the Wii game that used the weather channel? Not the weather channel, right. but like the weather app on the Wii for like real-time weather in a they game. They actually had a few hmm. different like utility apps like that. But yeah, There's I, one that connected to a game, though. Oh, I yeah. Remember. Oh, I forgot. I don't know. Flight I know they had everybody votes. I, I know they had a distinct weather app. Um, what if Kojima remade Majora's Mask? He had a few different weird, uh, weird, weird things on the Wii. Was it Night's Journey into Dreams? That's the Wii a version game did? that you recreate real time weather, apparently. Night's Journey into Dreams did? Yeah. That'd be insane. Whoa. That, according to this article on Digital Spy, I don't know. I just Googled <laughs> it really fast. Don't know. <laughs> didn't, I, didn't, I knew that Wii version came out, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about that one. And this could have nothing to do with anything. It's probably just him. Him saying him he wants. Him saying he wants to do something is like, oh, okay, ideas. that's not the thing you're working on. <laughs> if you want to do something, you probably just <clears throat> do it. He hasn't. He hasn't. Right. Uh, he hasn't cracked that one yet. Maybe we'll see someday. And now, a word from our sponsors. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. What shows have I watched via ExpressVPN? We've watched things on ExpressVPN for work here at Easy Islands. Michael Huber, you know, caught some things for a spoiler mode. I will confess, I did track down Avatar The Last Airbender on a service. It was not in the U.S. because it took forever. Yeah, you can watch it now. 
but it took a long time. ExpressVPN takes, uh, lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. You open the app, you select the location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. Choose from almost 100 different countries. Watch Studio Ghibli films on UK Netflix. Watch anime on Japanese Netflix. Watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix. Uh, this is what it works with any streaming service Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, etc. You can stream HD, no problem, no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com slash allies to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Expressvpn.com slash allies. Tushy. The modern bidet company washes away even the messiest of poops, leaving you with a, better uh, with a better clean than toilet paper. Is your butt clean enough to sit on the couch naked? No? Get a tushy. The modern bidet that attaches directly to your toilet in under 10 minutes. It's true. Did I do it? No, Amanda did. If you got poop on any other part of your body, you'd just, you, uh, would you just wipe it off? No! You'd wash it. Stop wiping and start washing with tushy. The modern bidet that attaches directly to your toilet. I always get the TMI warning, but this is about me, so I'm gonna roll with it. Uh, we're potty training Milo, so obviously he's curious about it. And uh, I, gotta, I gotta sneak that, because there's sometimes he'll like come in, he's like, oh, daddy pooped, okay. And then I'm like, mm. and he looks over like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to worry about that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's between Tushy and your dad. Tushy is the modern bidet for people who poop. Just poop, wash, and pat dry. The Tushy bidet features Washing your bum with better uh, water for a better clean than toilet paper. Washing with water is less irritating and soothing for your beehole. It's easy to install. Attaches the toilet in under 10 minutes. No electricity or plumbing needed. Using a Tushy bidet reduces your toilet paper use by 80%, saving you money. It is eco-friendly and stylish. Tushy has a full product line to help uh, make the restroom the best room, including the Tushy Ottoman, the sleekest toilet stool designed to help you poop at 100%. 100% of the time, rated number one by the wire cutter. The new Tushy Brush, the only toilet brush with disposable scrubbing pads, so you can use a clean brush every time. And more! Start washing with the Tushy Bidet for a better clean. Go to hellotushy.com slash easyallies to get 10% off plus free shipping. This is a special offer for our listeners at hellotushy.com slash easyallies for 10% off. After you buy and install your Tushy, show it off. Tag at hellotushy on Instagram. If you laugh... You lose! This episode of the Easy Allies Podcast is brought to you by Last Laugh Season 2, the six-hour comedy bash with one objective, do not laugh. The second season of the game show social experiment hybrid Last Laugh has arrived. They've rounded up 12 contestants whose sole responsibility is to make each other laugh because if you smile, laugh, or smirk, you are eliminated. Season 1's winner, Blaine Gibson, returns alongside hosts Jeff Ramsey and Elise Willems, who have a ton of surprises to keep things interesting for their contestants. Season 2 of Last Laugh premieres on September 9th on Rooster Teeth, and you can head over there now to binge watch all of Season 1. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Saving this for near the end of the podcast. I originally copy and pasted and started typing away at the top. And then I was like, what am I talking about? This happened last Friday. This is six days old news. Mm -hmm. We are a business podcast. So we should talk about this. We have our legal expert, Brad Ellis, sure. here with us. <laughs> uh, the ruling officially passed down on the Epic v. Apple case. And we have talked about this so much, and it is finally, I mean, it's not over for either of them because there'll be appeals. And obviously, this changes things for business. But have to talk about this ending. And I went through and I read uh, this um, ruling, and it is very funny. There are some parts in here that are extremely amusing to hear. And just a little more information, some stuff that we don't know about how these companies operate. Um, well, does anyone just want to speak for the ruling? Anyone know how this shook down? 
between Apple no. and Epic. Who won? Nobody. Fight. Who won? I don't think anybody Did won, right? It, it, so that depends. I think on. Apple has Epic won on one point, and yeah. Apple won everything else, right? Oh. Correct. Something like that. Yeah. Apple won. A- Epic won one thing, but it is the thing that matters. It is basically that they uh, they can have people buy, you know, access marketplaces that are outside the Apple ecosystem. Anyone can do that. On December 9th, Apple's got to figure that out and let everybody do that, basically, not only be beholden to the App Store when it comes to microtransactions and all that stuff. Basically, quote, Epic Games failed in its burden to demonstrate Apple is an illegal monopolist. Nonetheless, the trial did show that Apple is engaging in anti-competitive conduct under California's competition laws. Apple's anti-steering provisions hide critical information from consumers and illegally stifle consumer choice. When coupled with Apple's incipient antitrust violations, these anti-steering provisions are anti-competitive, and a nationwide remedy to eliminate those provisions is warranted. So I'm stepping in. Uh, anti-steering was a big thing, where Apple's basically like, it's kind of like the, the ramp that takes you into Caesar's Palace in Vegas. There's no way to get out. Like, I dare you to find the exit. To, <laughs> it's just kind of what Apple wants to do. They're just like, don't, no, no, no. You want to spend money, don't, don't. There's no, where are you going to go? There's nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. And like, there is other places. Apple just doesn't. They don't let you know that. Uh, Epic originally filed a lawsuit against Apple in August of 2020, after Fortnite was removed, but they totally knew that was going to happen. Um, Apple can no longer dictate that purchases made in apps on its devices go through the App Store. Apple previously collected 30% of that revenue. They can't do that anymore. Uh, But the judge ruled against Epic for all the other counts in the trial. And these are kind of funny. Uh, Apple is not in violation of the antitrust law. Apple does not need to allow Epic or anyone else to create their own stores on Apple platforms. Apple is not required to allow Fortnite back on the App Store. (laughs) 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 that's the one the kids care about that's hilarious yeah that's funny not required to I mean it probably will they just have to comply will they you think what a day it's I mean that'll be an interesting move they're gonna make money off of it again Apple's gonna make money by letting Fortnite back they're certainly not gonna make money after this case I mean this is a bit yeah this is gonna this will hurt them I would imagine. I mean, it's uh, these are these are such big, big, big numbers, um, but that is so funny. Them just like, can they gotta let me get back in the store? Uh, Apple is denying Epic's request to release the iOS version of Fortnite in South Korea, which just passed legislation forcing Google and Apple to not limit devs to specific payment systems. Oh, and so hmm. yeah, Epic was like, oh. can we go over there? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Sweeney said on Twitter, Today's ruling isn't a win for developers or for consumers. Epic is fighting for fair competition among in-app payment methods and app stores for a billion consumers. Um, and now we're waiting to see what Google does, because Epic filed a lawsuit against them in July of this year. Hmm, so right. uh, we get to go. We will not go through all of this. Right. It'll potentially be the last time. So, hooray. How you feeling? L- law expert. Hooray. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just feel so unaffected by this personally right, right. now. How many devs <laughs> do you think are going to take advantage of this? Do you think it's just going to be a landslide of just like, <gasps> all these companies? Oh, my goodness. I the mean, percentages we could, you know, the chisel ones, down. The ones that are in the position to offer alternative, like, payment systems mm-hmm. will probably be, like, happy about that. Mm-hmm. But I still think the majority are probably just going to go with what's established already because it's so it's so easy. I understand right. like your your metaphor about like oh you're on the ramp to Caesars, but it's like some people are like that's convenient. Like I, I oh, want no. I want to do this, so yeah. I want this one ramp up here. Just tell me where to go. I just want to spend my money. And it's like when you give them too many options, like what's this service? What's this like? No, I just want I have Apple. I have an Apple card on my my card on here. I'm paying the Apple Pay. Let's go. Like they, they just want to do that and pay and go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. 
I, I, I mean, I think it's going to change some things, but I, I don't think, like, every single, like, company all of a sudden is like, oh, we're all going to do our own payment systems and stuff. It's like, don't think it's going that way. I think it's just a certain select few big companies mm-hmm. like Epic are that like, can afford to do yeah, it. Let, like, we want we want to, like, get a better cut, so we're going to offer our own payment system. I wonder if this is the, like, did Epic Blue Cow this, like, which is the thing for that we did at Viacom where you would intentionally put like a bad edit in something if you're dealing with an annoying producer so that they would fixate on that even though you knew that they would, you know, just to give them something to do to feel important. Uh, but really <laughs> what you games. wanted to do oh, the was mind games. To, like, All the editors were mind gaming as a game trailer. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, we were being John manipulated Santo the entire time. one time put V5 on something on the first version and it went all the way to the top. It, it was perfect. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's genius. But... I, I wonder if this is the thing they wanted and all the other stuff was just to, like, chum the waters, you know, to, like, smoke screen so that one thing could, you know? Like, is this the thing? Is this the outcome Epic wanted? Like, was oh, all the of other course. stuff just fake? Well, Tim Sweeney just tweeted that. He's like, we won! You know, yeah, like, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, on financial publications, a lot of articles I read were like, Epic won. <laughs> it's yeah. like, hmm. yeah, Apple, they didn't win everything, but it's... You know, we we chuckled at some of those other things they wanted. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think this was necessarily a negotiation, but I mean, it's generally like what I've heard in like negotiation tactics is that like you go you start high, you yeah, ask you for the high. highest possible right. thing right. because you want them to come down. So Apple's or sorry, Epic was like everything. <laughs> when you said like South yeah. Korea, like oh, what's that? Yeah, like let's throw that in there. South Korea. Yeah, yeah where's some other places we yeah. could be? Like, but like they knew they would lose antitrust and monopoly and all that. But like this is what they really wanted. Yeah. But also, yeah, to your point, it's like it probably seems so overwhelming and exhausting. You know, they're like just man, we're saying no. Oh, give them one thing. There, there, you get that thing. Like mm. I mean, maybe that works. I don't know, but. I, I have to imagine, like, with these types of legal minds, like, they, they probably see through stuff like that. They're like, that was probably the important point. That's the one that matters. So, you know, what? Uh, some great quotes from this ruling. Uh, this one I cherry-picked from Stephen Totillo on Twitter because he, he brought this one to my attention. Although Epic Games claims that it would not have a viable way of monetizing Fortnite without being able to sell in-app content, the record shows it monetizes Fortnite in nine other ways. <laughs> Damn. Let's <laughs> try. So, so, not just another. Just another way. Nine. Uh, I. You know. I am. Obviously, there are. It's a, it's a slippery slope. It's a dark, dirty back alley that, that are microtransactions. I've been down that dirty back alley many times. Um, this was shocking to me as a fan of those. Importantly, spending on the consumer side is also primarily concentrated on a narrow subset of consumers, namely exorbitantly high-spending gamers. In the third quarter of 2017, high spenders, accounting for less than half a percent Mm. of all Apple's accounts, spent a, quote, vast majority of their spend in games via in-app purchases and generated 53.7% of all App Store billings for the quarter, paying in excess of $450 each. And it's funny because all these stats, Ooh. all these stats I was impressed by, but the 450, I was like, oh, pff. those are your whales? 450? Yeah, I was like, that's your whales. Your whales. From Average. What, from what little evidence there is in the record, these consumers frankly appear to be engaging in impulse purchasing and both parties' <laughs> profit from this sector are significant. <laughs> this specific conduct, conduct is outside the scope of this antitrust action, oh. but the court nonetheless notes it yeah. as an area worthy of attention. Yep. And mm. Oh, yeah. This kind of speaks to one of the fascinating things is like, I look up to, you know, Epic, I look up to Apple in terms of being big companies. I look up to Tim Cook and Tim Sweeney as these very successful men that have created a lot of crazy things in their lives. They have a lot of power. It's neat to see them brought into this court and have this judge be like, sit down. Like, mm-hmm. I, games are fun and everything, but, 
you know, like it, it was, I don't know, it kind of felt like the adults in the room. And a lot of times when legal action or somebody, a lawyer brings a case or something, it's like, man, this doesn't feel like this is coming from an honest place within gaming. This feels like a person that is not a gamer. And that's wonderful because they're approaching this and being like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. All of you are saying this is one thing, but this is, there's actually something else going on. This isn't about video games. This is about microtransactions. From the judge's perspective, quote, in most economic ways, and in particular with respect to the challenged conduct, the app store is primarily a game store. And secondly, an every other app store. So (laughs) the judge specifically pulled out of the findings of all the financial information that went through and noted games are everything to the app store. Like, it it makes sense, but like I didn't realize it was 53.7% revenue coming from less than a percent of people playing games and nothing else. It's crazy. <laughs> when you think about just mobile apps and just like how many people use their phones and it's just like oh, more than half that revenue is just coming from the video game industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but guess that makes sense because most other apps don't have ongoing costs. Like right. You buy Office on your phone, you just buy it once and then, sure. you know. That yeah. account, my Netflix account isn't through my phone. And like, even a lot of the stuff the that you would get, like you, people will look for the free version and, all right, I've got it. Right but there's something about games. And we talk about, you know, the, the dangers of gambling and, and, you know, loot boxes and all that stuff. And it's like, there's just nothing. You can't compare it to anything else because it's only games that are really bringing in that much money like, anyway. So. If there are microtransactions for, like, Google Maps, like, oh do you want? <laughs> so, like, instead of paying yeah. a toll to the government, you'd pay, like, a, a 25 cents to find the route that doesn't hey. get you on the toll roads. Google can see the writing <laughs> on the wall, blood, and they're planning that stuff Damn. now. They're like, oh, how God. can we make money before? If you pay three bucks a month, it'll tell you, like, Google where the speed Highway? traps are and stuff. Yeah, oh, right. man. it's going to happen. <laughs> Dory, I mean. Apple Highway? Oh, no, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's their fast pass and stuff. Oh no! Oh man, when the corporations just start the building roads, like, dude. Just yes. nothing but Apple Plus billboards. I mean, <laughs> just the whole you can, companies can have private roads within certain spots, but they can't have like yeah, it has long, to be long distance land. stuff has yeah. to be public though. So uh, that you know takes some serious. It can be public for a fee. Yeah, public for subscription <laughs> is public. Uh, just build it in the most like convenient place to cross some spot. <laughs> like. Now included in your Netflix subscription, uh, <laughs> highway access. Yeah, it's like your bundle. It's yeah. like <laughs> street <laughs> access, uh, ESPN Country Plus, Trail. Disney Plus, Hulu, and uh, uh, Bob Musk, Road over yeah, here. Elon Musk's Hyperloop. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> and it's it's nice because this this changes the business model you know this is a game changer for a lot of people mm-hmm. but the judge clearly put in here i don't have this exact quote but clearly said like i know why you're doing this epic like yeah this is cool that we changed this and this was something that i'm glad you brought to my attention and i'm glad that we're charging apple on this count but come on now like it's a, like i'm looking at the history of your company it's just so clearly it's mm-hmm. you know, blatantly obvious that you're like oh fortnite needs to be on mobile this is where we're going to get growth out of this and so it's not like we're doing the right thing Right, throwing the thing through the television, waving the flag, like, stop it. Um, Well, it's crazy that it was worth 30% of every transaction to Epic to, like, risk it all, like, to risk losing their place on iPhones entirely, you know? I think because even, like, by lose, I think the worst case would have been they would have just, like, had to, like, renegotiate. Like, if Epic had lost, Mm -hmm. Apple would just, like, Tell them like come crawling back and like you're gonna get a worse deal now, right. but you can come back fifty percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not required to put them back on there. So that too. I don't know if you made a note of this, but wasn't there something in there where, where the judge was like looking at the the Epic Game Store on PC and was like, 
yeah, you guys are not, this is not a profitable model. I don't know why you think that this is going to work out. <laughs> Wait, the, really? Yeah, <laughs> because wow. they were because they were making the argument that the thirty percent cut was too high for yeah, Apple, right? And and they were still using the Epic Game Store as their counterexample, and it's just like, yeah, I don't see how it, right. It, this is very speculative, very optimistic mm-hmm. that you're going to be profitable long term <laughs> with this strategy. <laughs> I, I, I know, just the whole document reads like that, man. It's I know you're just sick of legalese at this point, but mm-hmm. like, it is an entertaining read because it's someone being like. This doesn't add up. Like these things, you're, you're, you're saying one thing, and then I look at the numbers, and they're saying something else. The best quote, because you, we all have heard coming mm-hmm. from Epic and Fortnite mm-hmm. about the metaverse. Oh, oh gosh. About what the metaverse is, what the metaverse could be, what the metaverse will be. You know, the metaverse being this, is, this, isn't, a, this isn't a video game. <laughs> this is a concert hall. This is a creative outlet. You know, Fortnite will be in school someday. Like, they, you know, like they're just, they're, they're, they have big, big dreams uh, for this franchise. <laughs> and they spent a lot of time during this case defining the metaverse and really trying to just tell this, you're like, no, man. Metaverse judge, you understand? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really, it's really going to, it's really going to be great. <clears throat> Quote. The general market does not appear to recognize the metaverse and its corresponding game modes in Fortnite <laughs> as anything separate and apart from the video game market. Like, <laughs> stop. God, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, before I leave the bench, this metaverse thing didn't fly. Like, I'd never, there were so many things they tried Man. to define economic-wise, and she was just like, no, that's not what you, that's not, they just <laughs> defined the gaming market, and she's like, both of you got it wrong. Like, there's, this is not... Oh, so entertaining. So happy it's over. A little <laughs> sad to see it go. But thank you at least for that ruling, which I will cherish forever. Also this week, new broadcasts have been added to Oxenfree 1, promoting Oxenfree oh, yeah. 2. Hmm. It's a very portal of them. So if you're digging up that, what did Portal do? Do They, they have like portal changed the stuff? ending or something, yeah, nice. before Portal 2 came out. Oh. So if you're just like, oh, I'll just catch up on Oxenfree 1, like weird stuff happens and it's only going to be explained on Oxenfree 2. I like the the article I saw said it was leaking backwards through time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> it really good. Uh, Oxenfree 1, chilling game. Very just spooky. Eerie world to walk around. Twitch has sued two highly motivated, quote, hate raiders. Heck yeah. Highly um, motivated. Although, oddly, they don't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, that's the thing. They're Twitch names, but they're not their real names. I'm sure this like, is not oh, something God. that will be satisfying in any way. You know, this yeah. is not something that's, you know. I'm curious to see what the results of that will be and if we will hear about mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I, I've, I'm very curious how it will, will, will go. But, it, yeah, at least that there's a strong statement and they're, they're doing what they can. Darkest Dungeon 2 enters early access in October. Nice. Just There's something about the summertime when just every now and then those Halloween-esque games mm-hmm. announce for October, and you're like, yes. Yeah. Don't cantilate that. Nintendo just added Bluetooth to the Switch. You wow. just, there you go. You can just use Bluetooth headsets now, yep. and headphones, Finally. and pods and stuff. Good for if you could watch. A lot of, I mean, I don't have a video app on there since I don't have Netflix. Probably good for <laughs> videos and stuff, but... Right. Uh, games? Because, it? because it's like the the way they're doing it, it'll always have latency. And it's pretty noticeable. Oh, like I use the Air, uh, Apple oh, AirPod Pros. Yeah, it's like the best case. It's gonna be like 200 milliseconds. Like if you had like the perfect optical oh, okay. connection. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's okay for like like casual games, but anything that requires like like platformer or something, it's like off. If you rely, like rely on sound, like, oh, I hit the jump button, I heard the sound, you don't hear it, like, did I jump? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, hmm. Interesting. Uh, Marty O'Donnell has to pay Bungie almost $100,000 
uh, for using music promotionally without approval from Bungie that he that he created for Destiny. Um, they had like a really bad Crazy. falling out, which we don't really know anything that happened. Mm. Uh, he's being very cryptic, but like yeah. angrily cryptic about it, uh, and uh, just using his stuff because he wrote it, but it you know didn't own it, and uh, they told him not to, and he kept doing it, and <laughs> they soon won. Delta Rune Chapter Two launches on September seventeenth on PC and Mac. Uh, that is um, hello. Sorry, Undertale. obviously, Undertale. yeah, Undertale yeah. A continuation. Toby. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is delayed to November 19th. Dying Light 2 is delayed to February 4th. Mm-hmm. Stadia's director for games, Jack Buser, is moving to Google's cloud division. Uh, another high-profile departure for Stadia. Good for them. <laughs> I think they had three games this week or something. And former Capcom USA CEO Kichiro Urata has joined PlayStation as the new SVB, SVP and head of the Japan Asia Partner Development and Relations Division. Hmm. Vision. Hmm. Indeed. Let's play a game! Uh, yeah, I know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell Harley this was going to happen. Thank you for starting the music. I appreciate the music. <laughs> <laughs> the lights. I'm let you know. Cool. Uh, this is from Francesco, and it's called Nice. Nice. We love swimming in sevens, but what about the quaint, nice game sitting just below seven? Below is a list of this year's games that may or may not have a nice score as per Metacritic. If a game has a score of 69 out of 100, is nice. If it doesn't, it is yeah. not nice. nice. Bonus game. If the game isn't nice, then is it nicer or naughty? Is it higher than 69 or lower hmm. than 69? Here we go. Aliens, Fire Team Elite. What? Nice. Oh, higher. Is, yeah. it, I think is it nice or is it nicer it? or is it naughty? Nicer? I thought it'd be nice. nice. Yeah, I thought it'd be nice. Wait, what is right, nicer? What's the level on nicer? Just higher. Higher than anything 69. Higher. 70, oh, okay. And yeah. naughty's anything lower. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So nice is only 69. 69. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Alien's team Elite? Nice. Nice. Outriders. Nicer? Nicer. Nicer? It is nicer. 72. Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. Ooh. Uh, huh. Naughty? I'm gonna say nice. I'll say nicer. Nice. Ghosts and Goblins. It's kind of a bummer. That would be a little higher than that. Yeah. Cruising Blast. Wait. Naughty. 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 Nice. Oh. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> okay. Destruction All Stars. Ooh. Uh, naughty. Oh, yeah, that was naughty. The, yeah, that was like the car we group streaming one. Yeah, <laughs> we played it. Right it was fun for two hours. It was, yeah. it was so fun. You jump out yeah, of your car. That was it. It was about fun for two hours, and then you're done. Uh, yeah, below naughty. Yeah, twelve minutes. Nice. Oh crap! It's all naughty? over the place. I want to say nicer. Nice. It's nicer. Seventy-seven. Okay. Uh-huh. They did okay. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Oh, that's naughty. naughty. That is a naughty game. Naughty, naughty, Dark Alliance. And finally, Pokemon Unite. Nice. Nice. I'll say nice. Nicer? Nice. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> Pokemon Unite. Okay, I did find the three Stadia <laughs> games for this week before we get on to the next okay, question. Okay, cool. That's a, no, that's a perfect segue. Read those off. Okay, so can you... You probably can't even guess. You probably have no idea what the nope. three Stadia games for this week are. Hit us. New games that launched today, which was Tuesday, I think. Let me see which day. It's got to be this old games. Today's Thursday. Batman no, I mean, I when this, this email <laughs> came to me. The 14th, yeah. So this is Tuesday. Were Merrick's Market, which I think is actually a fairly new okay. game on all, yeah, okay, all platforms. Cool. Good for them. Darksiders 3. 
Wow. Yeah. That game was like two years ago, three years ago. And Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. Wow. Black Flag's a good game, but do not... Mm. Getting the hit. Also, Ubisoft. <laughs> How much would like you pay for Black Flag right now, hits. Brad? How much would I pay for it? Yeah. Uh, $15. Twenty nine ninety nine. Too much. Whoa. And you know they've been working, with, Ubisoft's working with Stadia this whole time. That was put on a on an Excel sheet in 2018. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, we've just been waiting for Black Flag. It's the next one on the list. 2014 game, I think. Yeah, It'll be Assassin's is, Creed 3 so in four months. It's pretty, pretty old. Dude, Google has sunsetted like six different messaging slash chat apps mm-hmm. th- that I've used. Why are they still doing Why they do this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is time for love and respect. Love, love and respect. respect. From Rahul Masal, with Venom and Craven the Hunter teased in the Spider-Man 2 trailer, I wanted to ask about villains in superhero video games. Do you prefer when characters without movie versions are used, like with Mr. Negative, or prefer characters with iconic live-action history like Doc Ock? After all, Craven is going to have a movie come out in the same year as the game. Mm. Hmm. We can never count on those now. I didn't know that. Uh, it's like an animated movie. I didn't know Craven was. Can I cheat? Movie. I like both. Oh wait, I did know that because Sony is making as many Spider-Man things as they can. Yeah, of course. That's, <laughs> that's why we're getting the vampire. What is more Mobius? And yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like both, poss- if possible. Yeah, as to whether they're in one and not the other. Yeah, I don't know. They have more work to do with with a unknown entity, like. Doc Ock, I'm always, I already have the Molina version, so I have some stake in it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and if it's better than that, I'm like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Mr. Negative, I'm like, who's this guy? They have to, like, prove him to me, you know? And I think that's harder, you know, because you actually have to, like, write an intro and stuff for them. Clock King from Batman. That's oh, cool. <laughs> the next main villain. That would be, yeah. I, I, I loved when Batman Begins came out because they actually followed the model that, like, if Schumacher had made another one, he probably would have gone back to DC and been like, "Who else you got?" And they were like, uh, literally next on the list is Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul. And he was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, there was there was like the next most popular villains of like all the Rogue Gallery. Um, but yeah, I don't get I th- picky. Yeah, I think I might be the opposite of Isla, where if the movie has a strong villain already, like I just don't think they're going to be able to outdo it. So I get mm. I always get worried when I see it. One A doesn't look like the character because didn't use the likeness. I'm already like kind of checked out. Whereas like a newer villain, it's like oh I don't know about this villain. Like I, I feel like I'm easy. It's easier for me to get invested in it without those biases coming in already. I don't necessarily think it's easier to make that character better. It's just like for me, it has a better chance that I might like it. Right. Yeah. Um, no expectations though. If you don't know, that was the thing about Mister Negative. It was like he's cool, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how involved mm-hmm. like he should be. Uh, it's weird not having expectations and opinions about that. From David Erdy, hey allies, I watched a video where Robert Kurvitz, designer of Disco Elysium, went into detail on all of the UI challenges presented to his team and how he sought solutions to those issues from unique sources like Twitter or computer taskbars. I found this topic fascinating, as menus and the ways we interface with games have evolved dramatically, with very little fanfare amongst the community for these changes. What do you consider some of the most significant touchstone interface and design decisions done in gaming over the generations to make them better to play or even more engrossing? I mean, you know, those twin stick shooters, once that became a standard, right? Particularly, yeah, after Halo, you know, before that, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, you go back and play Goldeneye or Time Splitters, you're like, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so that's definitely a thing to where 
yeah, if you if you don't if you don't have your control set up like that, it's very difficult for yeah you to get people into them. Not having to like save to a spot memory card oh, or gosh, something. Yeah, yeah oh, like uh, yeah, like actually like it just saves is happening. It's like you don't have to worry about yeah. It's like it's there. It's done. You don't no 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 weird things. You got to worry about losing or yeah, no, space. Yeah. Oh, and cloud saving, cloud saving. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's becoming more and more of a thing. On the graphic user interface yeah. side, I uh, remember the jump to HD, and I I don't remember what game it was. Dead Rising? My, well, um, or GTA 4 or something, where I was like, oh, I need a new TV. Like, I can't see any of, like, all the text was too tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember that was a negative, where it was like, oh, HD's happening, and I can't see this anymore. Like, it's too small. Yeah, Dead Rising was literally the text was too small to see on the pixels. Yeah. Damn. They, Crazy. They just did not think. There was another. There was another game I had reviewed. Was that with the Wolverine game or something? I forget what game it was, but I remember like there were there were specific bugs that only showed up when I was playing in SD because at that time I didn't have an HD TV yet when I was reviewing it at game trailers. So yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, other interface stuff, though. But the the the, the small. Te- I know there's a lot of people that still complain about not being able to adjust text size, you know, subtitles. Right. Specifically, that's a, that's but more a different menus thing, and stuff though. Like that. It's one thing for it to be too small that you have to like get close to it. This is right. like, didn't matter how close you were. Right. You could not read the, the text. TV. Literally, couldn't oh. yeah. show it. Yeah. But that, that definitely was like a transition we went through in the 360 yeah. PS3 era, where we were like, oh, everything's getting like a lot smaller. It always cracks me up when I go back to a PS2 or an Xbox game. And the, the GameCube also, but like specifically PS2, more PS2 really than Xbox. It's just the weirdest menus I've ever seen in my life. Like you go back to like the NES and like they're clean, they're you know like everything's like really succinct. And there's just something they're all like fuzzy and like the buttons are huge and it's it's <laughs> it's wild. Everything was just like enormous. And I'm sure it's like going back to your preschool or something. You're like, oh, it seems so small now. It's just like yeah. we're just so used to these really really tiny HUDs now. Well, and it's it's like there are certain fonts that are very particular like i don't know if it's like in the the sdk for those <laughs> those systems or whatever but it's like it just feels like there's a certain xbox look to menus uh on that system uh just just menus in general on, on consoles like not just you put in a disc or a cartridge it just plays that game there's nothing to, like just right, when we got right. to like ps2 yeah. xbox game it, yeah. it was like or sorry 360 ps3 Wii. it's like Woo, menus and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I could scroll over. I have multiple games on my system that at one time. That blew my mind the first yeah. time I saw it. I was like, what am I looking at? Yeah, what is this? Like, oh, yeah. I, just, yeah. just go, I mean, I, I think at first I was a little annoyed. I'm like, I just can't put my game in. It doesn't play. I was like, what? But now it's like, you can't live without that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, or you kind of had that in-between stage, right, with the, like, PlayStation and GameCube and stuff to where, like, there is a menu that would come up like if, if there was no discs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, it was always, there was a, a fun little thing, you know, you could do on the GameCube is you could see either, like, do this little icon and a custom description that would be on that, that menu page. Um, or you would get the, uh, I, PlayStation had this too, where you'd see like little icons on the save files. Oh, for yeah. the memory cards, dude, yeah. I yeah. loved that. Which carried over on the PS3 anyway, because when you go into the cool. save, your memory, virtual memory so card, those, it still shows them. They're yeah. so cool, yeah. So cool, Damn. Yeah. Oh, I see uh, what they did, nice. So many little visual things over the years, like um, console cursor stuff, like Destiny, where they make the the reticle, yeah. you know, a cursor thing, but it slows down over the buttons so that it's not mm-hmm. like impossible to do, or like 
being able to turn off motion blur or head bob and all that stuff over the year, editable field of view, like different performance modes yeah, for console games. For console games, yeah. yeah. Like so many and I mean accessibility stuff, like mm-hmm. Last of Us Two is like god tier at that. Like just really good stuff. Um, from Verun Kachwaha, I think this is long overdue. Review sites need to do something about user reviews. It's at the point for me where I don't even check them. This month, Life is Strange Tree Colors got review bombed for having a Tibetan flag. Deathloop, strangely enough, got review bombed by both PlayStation and Xbox fanboys. As a fan of both these games, it hurts looking at them. I can't dream what it would feel like as someone that developed those games. It's a stupid childish act, act that helps no one. What would the panel do, if anything, to try and stem this issue? I mean, I don't really want to get rid of the ability of people to express an opinion, but it does suck when you, like, see stuff that's, like, a zero, and it's, like, the game's fine. It's, like, these people right. don't know what a zero is for a game or stuff like that. But, in, like, some cases, I can kind of get it, because, like, Warcraft 3 Reforged was pretty bad, yeah. and it was, like, the lowest-rated game ever, I think, on there. So, I don't know. I, uh, it's... It's difficult because it's a system that obviously the sites that have them, they benefit from the search and the ads yeah, yeah. and the clicks and all that kind of thing. But they, they clearly don't have the money to back up the moderation it needs to be no, done. No, no, no. It's just you know, wild it, west like, in there. Realistically, you would, you would have at least when somebody is submitting reviews for the first time, they're like, you know, somebody just like skims mm-hmm. over them and like, clicks through the first 10 reviews and like, okay, this dude seems legit. After this, we don't really need to unless we get a bunch of thumbs down on him yeah. or something. But it's, yeah, it would require a lot of crazy yeah. moderation that just, there's no way you That's have the lot. manpower yeah, it's for. too much. Yeah. I feel bad for people that make like really like, they like really try to make a good review for something like a fan or something like that. It just gets buried in a wave. Well, that's what's strange is just because it's, it's like how... Like, if you're trying to do that, like, if you're trying to write, like, a good review, like, I don't know that that's the place to do it. Mm-hmm. Is You know, like, are people getting noticed for writing good user reviews, I don't reviews by other users? So. Or is it just, like... But I think some yeah. people trust user reviews more. Yeah. I, There's definitely that level of things, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people who buy on, like, Amazon or whatever, mm-hmm. like, they say, like, user reviews is, like, one of the, like, leading factors mm-hmm. that influences a choice between one or two products. It's, like, half-star difference. It's like, well, right. that one is higher star. I'm getting that one. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I also agree. I don't know what you can do because, like, manual things seems like that's, like, never going to, like, no. No one's going to go through that much effort. And even, like, automated stuff and algorithms, it's, like, there's always going to be a way to, like, beat that system. I mean, they require a purchase, I know, like, on, on these stores, to, like, so people just buy it anyway because they're that angry. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, Steam and then, is inquiring a couple hours into the game now. Just, yeah. just so, AFK in your game. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. like, just make a note on your calendar. Tomorrow I'm going to post my hate post on, like, my review bomb tomorrow. But <laughs> just sleep, make leave a it. note in your game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably do that. And, like, they leave it on for 24 hours, like, just AFK on mm-hmm. the site. Like, it says time plays. Pro <laughs> review bombing <laughs> tips from Michael Damiani. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. People will here. go to extreme lengths. Yeah, that's the thing. Things. Like, they're motivated. So, yeah. like, this is like nothing to them. I feel like I equate them with like bad drivers. It's like it sucks. I, I it makes me angry. And I actually had like a a couple months ago, or it was like a year ago. I was like, this is ridiculous. And just because we're reviewers, and mm-hmm. I was like insulted. You know, I'm like you're pooping on my profession. And then I was like, oh whatever. It's nothing. I can't do anything. You know, like there's nothing. Well, it, nothing it, I can say. Nothing we can do. It's also difficult because you know when you're talking about like an Amazon user review, 
generally, I think, you know, those are helpful for people with, you know, like utility type products, right? Like if you, you know, if you, if you buy a, a, a pan for your stove and it like the thing starts flaking off and you see a bunch of people reporting that, it's like, well, this is a problem, yeah. obviously. Whereas, yeah, yeah. G- games and entertainment, there's just so many more subjective opinions that go beyond, right. you know, and, and the things that would be, like, really big and obvious don't mm-hmm. happen with major games. You're not well, going you to get, like, a tone that just goes for yeah. three hours straight or something. You don't see thousands of people review bombing a pan for a stove, either. Right. Like, there's something to be said like, for the, the medium. Yeah, that's very true. I, I mean, the best I think they can do is, like, just have something where they see a surge and, like, a spike mm. in something. Just temporary suspend, like mm-hmm. the the ability to do it, like just like suspend it, like go in and like you know see what the heck's going on with that, and then like go from there. I, I don't know, like would, the, yeah, would you have like a placeholder that's like it's our it's, it's our idea that detect- this is being uh, you know unfairly fluctuated. Just say we detected it like in like you know anonymous anonymous anomaly. Jeez, yeah, anomalous amount of like you know that's like out of character for this thing. Right. We are re- currently reviewing this. It will be back. Short temp- it's like it is temporary. It will be back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that'll draw outcry as well. You know. Oh, it the- will, and I think it might get worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah, that's the thing. Is like yeah, then it becomes stressing effect where it's like uh oh, like you just let the like mm-hmm. haters like hate it out and stuff, and it's like all right, it's over positive reviews start coming, it starts going back up. I, I don't know if that works in any case where games recover from review bombing or if you just like... There definitely s- have been. Yeah, or if you just like silence, like suspend it for a while, maybe some of them get frustrated, like, all right, we got better, we're got we going to go re- do something else right now and like they forget to do it, so like they mitigate it a bit and so it's not as bad. I, 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 yeah, I don't have the answer for that. Well, it's funny too because like sometimes in the past, like if something is actually a problem and... and and the only way to get a message to the right, you know, like review bombing in a few, very few cases has actually worked, and right? Has like done for the thing. De like, stuff, right? Like the right, but like hate bombing a game because it has a Tibetan flag in it or whatever, right? It's just like, what, what, what are you, what are you trying to achieve? Like, because that's that's the the long and the short of it is like reviews, professional or user, are a useful tool, but either you care about them or you don't. You know, like, doesn't matter, really. It matters to the companies, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. I'd never heard There's that referred to as the Streisand effect. I had to look that up. That's <laughs> awesome. I don't know if That's I cool. used it correctly. You did. I know, I know, Streisand. I know what it is, the effect. I just the idea of, like, it. being like, no, no, nothing to see here, and it makes it way yeah, worse. It makes it way worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly do. Yeah. The Streisand effect. Sorry, Bloodworth. Um, I mean, alternatively, in a way, like, there should potentially be some other outlet for that kind of complaint. You know, like the, it's called Twitter. <laughs> but no, I mean, like within that system, you know. So, like you know, go back to Amazon. You know, like you've right. got the reviews, but then you've also got like the the Q and A thing where somebody's like, "Hey, does this product do this thing?" And somebody that owns it will come in and answer the question. I think similarly, you know, there should be a space for just like you have a single issue with this product. Right. You know, there's another board for it that's not like, say, it sounds like a, a, form. Re- a review with a score it, on it. It seems yeah. it seems like the people who are designing and building and paying for these services don't get to decide where that happens. Right? <laughs> like yeah, they, they can be like, do that here, and it's like, no. no. Yeah, I was gonna say like, unless you unless you like <laughs> no. explicitly say in the rules like this type of like whatever is not allowed in like the user review section, you should put this here. And so if like 
you know, review bombing crossed that line. So it's like, okay, all these users are going to get banned now because you like, you, you should have posted this here. Then you, you violated that. But if you don't have anything like that, I mean, these people who are trying to do this are still going to, they're going to ignore that. Like, we don't care that you gave us a better place to do this. Like, this is where we like, we want to get our point across and like, we want to hurt this like company mm-hmm. or this game. So we're doing it here. So they're, they're just going for like what they feel is the most e- damaging thing in some of these circumstances. So not all of it's like, you know, they're, they're not all being like, you know, fair about this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Time for bets. Next week's bet. Kena, Bridge of Spirits, launches on September 21st. Kena? Kena, Bridge of Spirits, launches Every on September Every time. Same both. <laughs> Every time we do it. The, yeah. game is, the game is called Kena Kena, and then no one can say I did it wrong. Launches on September 21st. How long will the launch trailer be? It's a Sony game that they're, they're pumping. They love those launch trailers. Well, so always. Sony's been... Kind of pumping. Promoting them somewhat, but they're pretty much on yeah. their own. So I think I've done the Sony launch trailer bet like three or four times, and only once did we actually get burned. They like did not get launch trailer. So lowest. It wasn't at the PlayStation event, was it? No. No, they Dude. talked about it like after I think for like a second. Oh. Just kind of like yeah. they talked about Horizon Forbidden West. Like there wasn't you no know, trailers or anything from it. Brad, how long is it gonna be? Uh, two minutes and twenty seconds. Cool. Michael Damiani. Two minutes forty-five seconds. Ooh. Okay. Isla Hink. Uh, one minute, 12 seconds. That's a, qu- that's a quickie. All right. Dan Bloodworth. 147. Right wow. in the middle there because I got 241 right under Damiani. Ooh. Sneak it in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Sometimes those are long. Sometimes I think it's like, what's their launch? You're done. You just do a big like, haha, it's us. It's today. Smaller game Some though. people go for it. Sometimes you get like a big cutscene or something. Yeah. I also think it might be a game where they don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Sometimes they're just like, hey, it's out. Deathloop launched on a September 14th. I read the last 10 reviews on Open Critic, and I wanted to know how many times would I see the word Juliana, a.k.a. Juliana Blake, the adversarial multiplayer character opposite the protagonist. Michael Huber bet 30. Michael Damiani bet 10. Isla Hank bet 22. Daniel Bloodworth bet 18. And I bet 26. All right. One by one. I went to Polygon. They had three. Mm. I went to Financial Post. They had seven. <laughs> wow. I went to The Guardian. They had two. Game Grin had four. Gaming Nexus had 20 Huber wins. Whoa! <laughs> 20. 20. I stopped there because Damn. that went well past 30. Shit. 20. Two people wrote in this review. One dude in italics just jumped in the middle of the review and was like, hey, what's up? Uh, Brian here. I just want to talk about Juliana for a second. So Juliana, when she's Juliana, Juliana, I was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> Huber wins. She's a prominent character. Yeah. Bringing our scores to Jovial Penguins, 25. Oh, we don't know if we're in this room. We could be in a turtle's dream in outer space. Vociferous Beaver, 16. Nom, 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 nom. Might be the highest score we've had bets in the podcast just ever. Long season. I never even hear our score because I'm busy looking at a Danny DeVito quote. Well, I'm not telling you again. Let me tell you about oh. patreon.com slash easy allies. Instead. Oh, thanks, Brad. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies, where you can go to support the Easy Allies. All of this craziness that you see about you. We get a streaming home over there that we do a bunch of streams from. If you only listen to the podcast, all of that uh, is funded primarily through Patreon, which we have been doing for almost six years. There's lots of fun things that you can get. You can get this podcast two days early. If you like listening to it on Sunday, you can get it on Friday. And the Patreon version has no ads and has two extra love and respect questions. And you get it early. At the very tip top of our shout out tier is our top tier on Patreon. We have wonderful people that we'd like to shout out right now. We ready. Shout out to L. Thanis, 
Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, Nick, and Faisal Patel. Happy birthday. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Nice. So Huber won. That wasn't Damiani. So that's you, baby. That's me. <laughs> now go back to jury duty. You get to promote any Easy yeah. Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. Brad, I'm curious. You said you've been digging around through stuff. Have you watched anything that you normally wouldn't watch from our channel? From our channel? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I don't. I interact with you guys all the time, so I don't really. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of like that, though. Uh, final I word. I do like Gundam building. It's fun. It's fun to just pop into Gundam building yeah, for five Gundam minutes. Gundam building's fun. You know, just be like, I what are wish. They talking about? That that's it's like a it's like the net. It's like, oh, I'll see what's going on. And like two hours later, I'm like, what's happening? Oh, yeah, I did, I did like that series of movies. <laughs> oh wait. Final word. Uh, with the Apple and Epic thing, I I don't. I feel so disconnected from that entire situation, <laughs> but it is a fascinating thing. So yay, I guess. <laughs> Um. Oh, promotion! Check out my review of Lost Judgment. Uh, it's mm. a sweet game, and writing it during while I'm doing jury duty was a very interesting experience. <laughs> if you know those games, <laughs> very interesting. Wow. Uh, until that, yeah, that's it, everybody. Uh, be excellent to each other. Goodbye. Five hundred ninety nine US dollars. <laughs> <laughs>